Hi, and welcome to Exiting Through the 2010s, the podcast where we reflect and dissect the movies of the past 10 years. I'm your host, Jack Draper, and with me as always is my co-host, Cleo Williams. Hey, how's it going? We're going to talk about a monster today. <laughs> um, and joining us this episode is um, co-host of the Breakout Podcast, Gabby Yori. Hello. I'm Gabby. Yeah, we're happy to have Thank you. Thank you for so much coming on. Yeah. Thank you for Thank having you. me, guys. I really appreciate yeah. it. Um, as alluded to, we're talking about uh, David Fincher's masterpiece. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I shouldn't, I shouldn't be afraid to say that. Um, and um, Gabby, want to talk about what made you pick this? And oh, The movie is The Social Network. The Social Network, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yes um, of course and also your relationship to film in general like what made you yeah. get into movies oh wow um what made me get into movies so we were talking off mic i guess that sounds so official we were talking off mic um about Close so friends. i hadn't <laughs> i hadn't seen the social network until earlier this year probably around february um because I don't know, I guess I was living under a rock or something. Um, but I, I became, I have like a very obsessive personality. So when I find something that I'm interested in or I like, I'll um, get mad obsessed with it. And I got very deeply obsessed with the social network, um, which is a weird thing to get obsessed with. A biopic about um, the worst, just the worst man he sucks <laughs> um so I don't know I picked it because I love talking about it because I think it's very layered very interesting um I think Jesse Eisenberg is phenomenal as playing a morally bankrupt loser um and you may quote me on that um and of course Andrew Garfield is revelatory in his turn as Eduardo Sabrin. Um, as for my relationship to film, I don't know, man. I just, I like, I like watching movies. Um, I got, I guess I got into film, I guess earlier last year, I decided that I wanted to stop rewatching movies and start watching new ones. (laughs) Um, so I was like, in 2019, I'm going to watch a hundred new films. And I did. And I was like, "Mm, this is actually pretty fun and cool. So I was like, maybe I should write about it. So I started writing, Mm. um, for the simple cinephile represent. Mm. Um, (laughs) and yeah, this is now we're here. So you're just kind of like, listen, I've seen point break one too many times. (laughs) And I think that I should transition over to speed. And then that was kind of the clicking point. Yeah. yeah dude i love speed yeah it's like one of my favorite movies Gabby ever also a keanu reeves aficionado i am it's, i'm i'm a scholar cool. one could say mm. did john wick <laughs> ever cross your mind as something that could be a possibility to talk about yeah it did actually i was going through some of like my like my favorites on letterboxd um and i was thinking about john wick because we, uh, my parents and I just re- recently rewatched all of them over the summer. Mm. Um, and I guess you have watched cool the parents. Yeah. They're, I, yeah, they're the yeah. best. They're the best. Um, my dad is the one who introduced me to like the world of Keanu Reeves with Bill and Ted. Um, mm. another classic. Um, 
but honestly, like, I just, I love talking about the social network so much. I was like, I gotta, I gotta give some time. Yeah. Not only <laughs> is this timely for several reasons, um, yeah, just one of the best biopics I think we've seen this decade and in, in a flood of, um, biopics that have come off as kind of standard and tired. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, no matter who they're about, whether musicians or tech billionaires, you know? Um, yeah. <laughs> Clay, what's your relationship with the social network? Um, before I want to get to that, I kind of want to ask Gabby a question. How can you watch this movie 12 times? I just <laughs> I just hate Zuckerberg so much in it. I just, like, I can't imagine. Especially in And I also feel so bad for Eduardo. And I'm like, no, no, he's such a good guy. Don't do this to him. I just can't imagine putting myself through that every, like, 12 times. Yeah, so my big thing is that so I'm in college studying communications. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, one of my, like one of the great loves of my life is how people interact and, um, how, I don't know how various interactions can shape our futures and stuff like that. So interpersonal relationships. And I am absolutely fascinated with the way that Aaron Sorkin wrote the script and the screenplay for, I guess, I don't know if it's a script, a screenplay um, for the social network. He's of course, one of the most incredible screenwriters of our time. Um, So I find reading the social network just as interesting as watching it in some cases, because it's so nuanced and there's so much there about how Mark interacts with Eduardo and how Eduardo interacts with Mark. So their relationship is my favorite part of the film because it's, um, it's very multidimensional. So yeah, it's a, it's a pain sometimes. Cause I'm like, man, Mark Zuckerberg, you suck. You're straight up the worst. I but, some, some of the things he does, like when I was like, Oh, I guess I want to kick you in the face. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think for me, um, what, keeps Mark from losing sympathy is uh, the fact that he wants to be a someone. He's yeah. he's worked so hard to get into Harvard and and now he feels like he has to prove himself yet again to get into a final club. Mm-hmm. And um, and he's like admiring the people that wrote Crew, which introduces the Winklevoss twins. And yeah. he's jealous of, of those that he considers superior to him. Um, and I think that he... Does he though? I think he does. Does he I mean, think anyone's superior than him? Unlike, oh, I'm sorry. On not an intellectual level, um, I think that he can suss out everyone in a room just by looking at them. But, I mean, obviously the Winklevoss twins on a physical level, he's they're superior. Um, and I, I think I that think he aligns he's... with Sean Parker a little bit more is because I think that he thinks that yeah. he is superior to uh, Eduardo. But not I feel like he's jealous of how well liked other people are. I think that's the thing. I don't think he's jealous of or thinks they're better. I think he's he's mad that he should be liked more because he thinks he's better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great point. I definitely agree with that. I think he's got um, a bit of a god complex going on for sure. Oh yeah, he's a full-on narcissist. Yeah. <laughs> um. So the way I approach uh, the first time I saw the film. Um, I can't really remember. I'm pretty sure it was quite a while ago, maybe three, four years ago. And at first I'm like, oh, my God, this is this is crazy. Like, I think it was my first movie with um, 
that featured a Sorkin script, and I was so blown away by the fast-paced dialogue. Uh, I'm a big Tarantino fan, and I just – so I love – so, like, fast-paced dialogue is kind of, like, my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I just find it so fascinating. Um, so I was really blown away when I first saw it. Uh, it stuck with me. I, I didn't really view – first time, I didn't – I found Zuckerberg somewhat sympathetic. Um, I thought he was like, oh, he's just misunderstood. He can't handle uh, so, um, social interactions well. And then I saw it again. I'm like, okay, no, this is kind of this guy is really much more of a dick. And this time watching it, I was like, oh god, I hate him. I hate him so much. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I think also the current um, political climate can definitely shape and kind of shadow the way we see him now, um, without a doubt. Um, not to spoil a later conversation, but. <laughs> I, I mean, so Jack, how did you come my... to the film? Yeah. Um... I remember we uh do you guys ever burn like discs like DVDs onto a computer? Yeah. So this was always one that was burnt onto iTunes for us and um we just it was like a Netflix uh rental. So mm-hmm. even though we would ship back the Netflix DVD, we would always have it because we burnt it onto a computer. And this was just always there. So um before I'd even gone into film I just remembered seeing this and like Clay was alluding to this dialogue is like, um, well, even Sorkin says something similar. It's like music um, mm-hmm. in, in the opening scene in uh, the scene with Sean and uh, Mark in the club with, um, yeah. And I mean, those are the first two examples that come to mind, but it just, it, it's, it's rhythmic, it's addictive. It's, um, I mean, it won the Oscar for a reason, but, um, so, I mean, this is kind of like the most boring thing in the world to compliment Sorkin because he's Aaron Sorkin and right. how many more compliments does he need? But I mean, it truly is a marvelous screenplay because of the, w- the story that they had to tell and the way they, they told it. It's, um, and that's the reason why for me, I keep coming back to this is that it's not about the formation of Facebook at the very core. It's about this friendship. Mm-hmm. Um, these two best friends, no matter how much Ed Waters seems to be putting up with Mark's shit and how much shit Mark seems to be putting Ed Waters through, it always comes back to this thing that tears apart these best buddies from college. And it's, I, I find that endless, endlessly fascinating um, just because of Eisenberg and Garfield's chemistry for the most part. Yeah, it's unreal how great they bounce off of each other. Um, I remember in the... In the documentary, um, how did they make a movie out of Facebook, um, <laughs> which is great. Uh, it's full of Jesse Eisenberg saying the absolute weirdest things in the world. He's such a weird man. Um, he's quite but, erotic, yeah. Yeah, he's, yeah, which is like relatable. Good for him. <laughs> um, <laughs> but he says something about how he doesn't think that Mark values Eduardo the same way that Eduardo values Mark. And I was like, wow. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Which I thought was just a very interesting thing to say. It definitely shows that he has a grasp of this sort of fictionalized version of Mark Zuckerberg, but it was something that had been in the back of my mind, but hadn't really been like vocalized. So it was really, it was really cool to hear him, to hear him say that and explore that relationship a little bit. 
Yeah, I agree. Uh, speaking of the writing, uh, what you said earlier, Jack, it's like the opening scene kind of hits you like a freight train with how there's like five conversations going at once. Mm. And I remember just being blown away the first time I saw it. And I'm like, I, I, I can't keep up with this. And it's but it's like it's intoxicating. It's really kind of like it draws you in because you're just trying to decipher everything. And you're also trying to see the meaning. And it's so I've just never seen a movie open like that before. I think it's kind of ballsy in the way it, the way it does it and just kind of lets the audience kind of jump into it. It doesn't give it like a preamble or just like, you know, this is where it all starts. It's just like, all right, here's the opening scene. You're going to have to like it's a super fast conversation. You're just going to have to try to keep up. Yeah, you're really putting uh, Eric Albright, Rudy Mara's shoes um, with that perspective. Um where it's like this this man is um going at ten times the speed that I'm at and he got like nothing wrong on his SATs and he's talking about finals clubs and how Eduardo made almost thirty thousand dollars in a summer and you feel like wait a minute, I can't keep up with this and um and yeah, it's 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 really establishing how well one, what he's trying to achieve and um and just the kind of person that we're going to have to be dealing with because he's not a conventional leading man in, in that mm-hmm. sense where it's like the nerds win. They, they right. win. And it's, um, because the Winklevi leaves halfway <laughs> through the movie. And yeah. And I think that um, because they leave Sean, Sean always has always Sean Parker, Justin Timberlake. He's always been the villain in my eyes. Um, the devil to Eduardo's angel because he outlasts the Winklevi. Uh, just, I mean, he hasn't, he doesn't have as much screen time as, as they do, or at least equal amount, but because he, um, he kind of submits Mark's arc. I don't know. He just, he's always made sense more as a villain than the Winklevoss twins have. Yeah, and if we're looking at the relationship between Mark and Eduardo, um, I think Sean can very easily be seen as like, I mean, not to use a, a stereotype or a cliche, but like the other woman, quote unquote, um, because he's stealing Mark away from Eduardo and their plans that they had for for the for Facebook, um, and. and I don't know. It just it feels it feels so easy to sympathize with Eduardo as sort of us the spurned member of the relationship because we want what's best for him. <laughs> At least I do. <laughs> yeah, I lo- I love Eduardo so much. I I think I'm I keep getting mad when I think about how Andrew Garfield wasn't nominated and he probably should have won. Mm-hmm. I think he might be the best performance of the movie because he has to carry how unlikable. Zuckerberg is and he has to make the movie still like okay you care about some people in this um and he makes if you you know if anyone thinks that Zuckerberg is even a little bit redeemable I don't but if you do it's because of Eduardo Mm. it's because of he puts the humanity into him and makes him feel like an actual person instead of uh, like a robot uh I, I I really appreciate that dynamic and I think Garfield is so underappreciated for this performance I agree absolutely I think there's um he's like 22 and he wears a suit everywhere. It's, oh he's yeah. Such a good boy. Yeah, how can he, he looks not, great. Like, yeah. Andrew Garfield wears the hell out of those suits. 
He really does. He's such a handsome man. Soon to be Spider-Man too. Yeah. And a lot of, um, a lot of these actors are like on the cusp of yeah. really great things. I mean, Ernie Mara in this role is like auditioning for Elizabeth Slander for Girl the Dragon Tattoo. Yeah, she's, another She's almost like Fincher. proving herself to Fincher, yeah. Um, yeah. And we'll get into the Fincherness of it all. But Yes. I um, love it. But yeah, it's it, it you almost like want to spend more time with her because Mara for me at least has always been a, a very captivating screen presence. Um, mm-hmm. She she can look at things really well, if that makes sense. Like, I think she's, yeah, she just has a really good way of um, uh, looking at other actors. And and this is no different. I mean, in fact, this is, for me, the first time that I, I saw her in anything. So, um, yeah. And I think that, that goes with a lot of other audience members. I was texting with Jack um, last night. Uh, if Ro- if Rooney Mara and her character wasn't in this movie, the portrayal of women would absolutely suck in this. Yeah, it would be it, it, it would be bad. And I think <laughs> I do have some problems in that aspect, especially with a lot of the club scenes and um, the frat parties. Uh, I, 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 you know, just little nitpicks. Uh, I'm not the just biggest fan of how, they, especially uh, Chrissy's character. I think that was just kind of lazy but i mean i love the movie i think it's perfect not perfect but masterpiece mm. uh it, i do but rooney mara adds so much i don't know i think she's more of an audience surrogate in the sense of how like no dude that wasn't okay what you did was monstrous like it was the most disgusting thing you can do uh i mean not the most i mean but it still was just such a douchey move and i just and they really kind of like she doesn't deserve this not at all like she was she she made the mistake of actually thinking she cared for the guy yeah absolutely and i I think what um is pointed out a few times during the film is is that mark doesn't recognize that he's being an asshole it's just that he wants to um get his point across but it's like you're just trying so hard (laughs) it's like you don't let anyone in you're just you're just kind of like trying to achieve and without being personable so his um personability comes from eduardo but then he's betrayed so what left is he does he have but facebook yeah Yeah, he's lacking some basic human empathy and obviously some social skills um but i don't know i think like what you were saying clay about how um about just how all of all the things that make him redeemable come from his relationship with Eduardo. And I don't know. I think it's, I think it's very interesting because I think um, Erica, Erica Albright and Rooney Mara's character is definitely an audience stand in for like our inability to keep up with Mark and our inability to like understand why He's so desperate for this sort of approval, but I think Eduardo can kind of be the stand-in for the audience's empathy as well. We're like, why are you being so mean to this very nice person who likes you despite your horrible personality? (laughs) Um, Seriously. Like, it's astounding to me that Mark would have any friends, let alone a girlfriend, um, because I certainly wouldn't want to hang out with him. Um, Mark Zuckerberg, do not call me. I am not interested. 
Um, that's on but, record. That's on record. Yeah. Yeah. You, you may quote me on that. Um, but yeah, I, 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 that's all I, that's all I have to say. <laughs> uh, I, I, so like the context of us watching it, um, on, I saw it on Wednesday and Wednesday he was at Capitol Hill. We're 20 minutes um, in. Are we sure we're ready for this? <laughs> I'm, I just want to, I'm not going to spend too much time on it. Um, I just want to give a little context, like in, we're recording on a Thursday. Uh, no, yeah, we're on Thursday. I almost forgot the day. Uh, Wednesday though, he was testifying on Capitol Hill. They were asking all these questions about how he's, how he allows political figures to falsify information on uh, ads and how he's met with certain alt-right groups in uh, in his claim in his defenses, uh, freedom of speech and trying to f- uh, look at it from all sides and some and it's just some really nasty stuff going on. And so watching this movie while like I literally just watched those um, test testimonies and I was watching it I'm like this is a bad dude. This is a bad dude. This is a bad dude. And I was. I was quite angry, and I'm I, and this might sound hy- hyperbolic, but I might never watch this movie again because I found it so infuriating. I love it, I do love it. I think it's a masterpiece, but it's just I couldn't stop being like, I hate him so much. Please, please have the worst things happen. Well, you and, know what you I know. thought of. Um, did you either of you see the um, well, one of the two fire festival documentaries? That came out oh, earlier this winter. No. I did not. You, I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, just Gabby does that name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I, d- I know, just haven't seen either okay. of them. So, Hulu and Netflix, coincidentally or incoincidentally, I forget what it is, but they both released um, documentaries about the Fire Festival, like a weekend apart or around the same time, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and it's about um, uh, Billy McFarland, who kind of founded this company to um put this uh kind of exclusive music festival on pablo escobar's abandoned island and it was going to be this huge thing a lot of influencers were going to show up and a lot of uh topical celebrities i suppose and and there was going to be like a lot of bands that were going to perform and and it was going to be like this one weekend thing and um like everything that could possibly have gone wrong went wrong. <laughs> and um, talking about it now would just do it a service of how much of a just disaster this was. And I think that what I, and I saw both of them just because out of curiosity and I kind of remember hearing about that story um, when it happened in, a few years ago. And so it was kind of cool just to like remember something that happened and then recount those events onto a documentary that doesn't really happen that often. But I think Zuckerberg reminded me of McFarland in the ambition that drives young, especially this generation, Um, whether or not we come from money or if we value money, if we value hard work or persistence or social skills, I think it goes to show that we can achieve um, or at least try to achieve, but... um, still lose a lot in the process without thinking of the consequences that may have on others. Um, Billy McFarland is not, I think he's a lot, um, he's a lot more charismatic than Mark Zuckerberg. So I wouldn't compare them in that way, but it's just in, uh, they have similar hopes and dreams. Hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's interesting that you you say that about ambition and that sort of thing, because I think, uh, like you mentioned, that's sort of a pervasive mentality, um, I think, in in all of our lives, like you mentioned. Um, And it isn't until it isn't. So I recently transferred colleges. So I'm at a I'm at a new school um, for my junior year. Um, where the culture is very competition heavy. It's all about like glorifying being busy and that sort of thing, which is like not my jam. Um, but I recently rewatched the social network because, um, I was having a bad day and I was like, I need to have, see someone have a worse day. Um, <laughs> so I rewatched it and I saw bits of Mark, Mark's ambition and Mark's sort of drive um, to get whatever, to, to get what he wants in myself a little bit. And I was like, well, that's actually horrifying. Um, <laughs> and it was just interesting because I think a lot of us can relate to that sort of drive and ambition, but Mark takes it to a scale that is just morally corrupt and horrible. Um, yeah. If he turned out like, I feel like this movie kind of gives him a chance. Like, you know, what? in the future or, like, after this movie, it turns out he's a decent guy. You're like, okay, you know what? He 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 grew. He grew as a person. And for a moment there, I kind of thought when I first saw him, I'm like, okay, he seems kind of better now. He donates to charity. Uh, Facebook's kind of a thing. He doesn't seem like too bad of a dude. And as years progressed, you kind of realize maybe the movie was, like, right. Maybe he's mm-hmm. just not not a good dude and i don't know if the mo- i'm pretty sure the movie isn't sympathetic to him i don't know if it, i don't think it really cares about um if he's like if he's redeemable or not i mean it might like the ending is a little is kind of sweet as in like he's realizing maybe he's a douche and um, rashida jones is like you're trying so hard to be an asshole mm-hmm. um and so that might have an opening but it still kind of feels I don't know. The movie doesn't doesn't really try to redeem him too much, and I just feel like, well, okay, now that uh, watching it now, I'm like, oh, that's the right choice. He's not he's not really redeemable now. I think if there's anything that Rashida Jones's character, who's kind of the who's who sits in on these depositions and witnesses all this all these shenanigans go down with um, with Mark's uh, case against Eduardo or Eduardo's case against Mark and she's kind of the audience surrogate in a, in a way if there is one and she, she just kind of tries to be friendly and tries to really try to understand him in um, a perspective from the law and I thought that was that was really interesting because she's such a minimal character but she stands out yeah yeah so Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say that it's it's interesting that the last line of the movie is said by um, by Rashida Jones. Um, and it's, it's so good. It's such a nice bookend to the initial because she says um, you're not an asshole, Mark, but you are trying so hard to be, um, which is a great bookend to Rooney Mara's absolute roast i mean she dragged him straight to hell and i was like glorious i was clapping i said yes yes we love to see it um but i just i thought that was a great 
a great bookend because the two the the two people that call Mark an asshole the most um, succinctly and powerfully are are women, which is what I love to see. Yeah, I I, I definitely agree. Even though I do have some uh, little issues with uh, like the parties and stuff, it yeah. does. I do I do really appreciate. Um, how uh how the perspective of Erica and Rashida Jones's character I appreciate that they did go out on that limb to kind of show what they think and not make it you know not worship him or not like you know apologize to him basically stating their point and leaving mm-hmm. uh I so I I was gonna ask what do we think of uh the uh, the gorgeous Army Hammer and his performance of uh, winkle vise yeah all the winkles in the vise <laughs> i i love his performance here um it's so good i think it's great yeah. yeah and i just like the making of doc that gabby mentioned i just saw it for the first time last night and i had no idea it was another person that they just put army and even that technology in 2010 it's it's still it still really holds up um mm-hmm. nine years later i thought and it, it kind of was ahead of its time in all the technology that we see on actual humans with um, like the Irishman coming out soon and um, what Marvel has done with it. Um, I mean, it's two different things, I guess, but it's, it's kind of, we got, we were getting there. We were getting the so ball rolling. I don't know this. So they, did they use a double and CGI yeah, his face? They used, um, what was his name? Like Luke, Luke, Pace, something like that. His last name, I can't remember. Um, yeah, I had a written someone down that somewhere. looks like a Josh dark, Pence. Josh. Pence. Yeah, yeah, Josh Pence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not even close. And <laughs> they lo- use someone that looked like that could be like Army Hammer's brother. So it's not like yeah. he looked so dissimilar. And so, like, if you look, both the um, Winklevoss twins aren't in a lot of shots together. So they can kind of composite um, Army Hammer's face and put it onto um, Josh's. Yeah, That's and he's crazy. A, I didn't know that. He's another very handsome gentleman. Very they're, handsome. Yeah. they're they're both like poster children for Aryan breeding. Um, both. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that got me. I can't say it better. Yeah. Um, Army Hammer kind of looks like you can tell that um, like he was in Sorry to Bother You last year, mm-hmm. and and I think that's the most recent role that I've seen him in. He kind of look it's weird just just to see him, and I've seen that movie recently, and it's weird to see him just kind of like beefed up, and he's just so he's in big and intimidating, but also kind of skinnier, and um, and kind of lean. So it's yeah, it's kind of cool to see him age throughout the decade and, and bookend. Is this this? Do we agree that it's his best performance? Because it's either this or Call Me by Your Name, and I'm I think Call Me by Your Name. And I'm yeah. The it's thing is, showcase, it's so obviously. difficult to do two performances. Mm. I don't know. I'm I, definitely I, I'm definitely a bigger fan um, of his performance in the 
social network. I think I have like mixed feelings about Call Me By Your Name, um, which I know oh, is an, it's an unpopular opinion. So everyone can roast me. It's fine. Um, There's more of you. I still, it's fine. <laughs> I still think it, it's a it's a beautiful film, but we're not talking about it right now, so I won't get into it. Um, but I think his he he does a great job in in the social network, obviously playing to two different people, um, which is great. And I think I've, I've seen it enough times by now that I can like differentiate between the twins, which is kind of a sad thought because I've really seen it too many times. Um, although not as many as some people uh, out there on the internet. Um, but I, I think, I think he's great. He's hard for me to like because he is so like conventionally attractive. I just like, he looks like a jock. Yeah, I just don't trust him. <laughs> um, but I he I liked him. I liked him in, in this as much as I could. You know, speaking of unpopular opinions, I do really enjoy The Man from Uncle. Me too. I thought okay, that me was too. That's too unpopular, actually. I think people have come around really? on that. Uh, yeah, it has aged particularly well, I thought. Um, it's just a fun romp, I thought. And, um good. Army yeah. is full of gorgeous people. Yeah, so Army gorgeous people. Right next to Henry Cavill. Yeah. Very defined cheekbones, I would say. Um, yes. And, um, and like, put Debicki and uh, Vikander next to them. I mean, good Lord. <laughs> yeah, but no, I mean, I mean, Army Hammer is doing, he is really charismatic. And, yeah. Um, yeah, that's just another standout role of his i think he's likable in this movie and i know that's weird because he's kind of the villain or something but in they're both kind of jocks but i don't know i find it to be like i mean they're not the worst guys they're you know they're interesting i do like the yeah. idea of of them being like this like representing jocks and how the jocks have always beaten on the little guys and this is kind of a subversion um because when we typically think about who's going to have the last laugh. I don't, I don't think that it's going to be the Zuckerbergs of the world, mm. at least pre the 2010s. Um, and that's something really interesting that Sorkin wants to, I think that's what Sorkin's interested in. Most of all, it's not sympathizing with Zuckerberg, but it's just um, what made a character like this that has evolved, especially over the decade, what's made a character like this succeed and um, beaten those that he should not have beaten, like the Winklevoss twins, because like we see, they come from money. They could have started this on their own. They could have find a programmer that was better, if not just as good as Mark. And yeah, it's just interesting to see how far they've they've kind of crumbled. But um, yeah, it just it seems like their story just kind of got wrapped up in um, a payment and. Um, but maybe I'm misremembering. No, I I think yeah no they got like sixty five million dollars or something like that. Um, I do I I texted this to you last night when you're talking about like how this was his rise and how he was able to beat everyone and it shows like the kind of his mentality. I uh I think it's kind of a supervillain origin story. I mean Joker just came out. Uh, I'm not comparing this movie to that, but the idea of Clay, I told you, you not know, to bring Joker. Uh, I'm sorry. Let's do some discourse. No, no, no. Um, I do find it interesting, though. um, I'm kind of a comic book nerd. This is like, and funny enough, Jesse Eisenberg did play Lex Luthor, but 
Um, and I'm like the Clay, only. I told person you that, not to bring up Batman v Superman. I'm I'm like <laughs> the only person in the world who kind of likes that performance, but I won't get into it. Um, <laughs> this movie, he is the un he is an unlikable Lex Luthor. Lex Luthor is actually pretty charismatic and and interesting, and people usually like him. But this movie is about some tech mogul who felt alienated by everyone, who rises and try and is a little ruthless and gets over on everyone thinking he's the best and having this superiority complex and be able to have this much power and this much money and, and kind of be unfazed by everything and how he's grown. And it's, I don't know. I kind of watching it again, watching it while hating Mark Zuckerberg, I was like, Oh, this is a supervillain origin story. This is the rise of his power and how he's one of the, now one of the most powerful men in the world and how disturbing that is. I do want to, I think that's a great point. Um, but I do want to talk about Justin Timberlake yeah. in this role, which I think is a fascinating casting decision, first of all. Choices um, yeah. were made. Oh, for sure. Um, <laughs> I, I, he might be my favorite performance. Wow. That's a hot take. <laughs> I, I, I find him just as charismatic as um, Mark does. Mm. And I, I feel like... Um, I, f- I just I find him like I can watch anything he says, but I know that's like the point, and that's what makes him kind of a paranoid maniac. <laughs> at the end of the day, I'm watching a lot of Succession right now, and he <laughs> reminds me a lot of Roman Roy, mm. the little shit of the Roy family. Um, mm. Succession, of course, the HBO show about uh, the Murdochs. The, the Murdochs, yes, um, but like a Murdoch stand-in and. And yeah, and Sean Parker just kind of has this arrogance about him where you never know if he's full of shit or he's he knows a lot more than you and he's 10 steps ahead of you. So I yeah, I've I've always loved this performance. I think Timberlake is really really good and if you're if we're talking about who we would have nominated, I would have nominated him over Garfield actually. Oh, you're wow. insane. <laughs> you're insane. Are you kidding me? I have to respectfully disagree. <laughs> Gabby, you're the you're the tiebreaker here. I'm throwing that respect out the window. I just disagree. You <laughs> you crazy man. Garfield. Oh my god. All right, uh, well, Gabby, saying... what do you think of Timberlake? Yeah. So, um, Timberlake's performance. He has some excellent one-liners. There's a snake in here. Amy is. Great. Um, a killer piece of dialogue. Um, but Sean Parker reminds me of every man, woman, leadership, not, not leadership, but like authority figure who has like stressed me out to the point of m- me not wanting to share my ideas or thoughts and made me feel small. Mm-hmm. Watching, watching Sean Parker makes me feel tiny and like I, I feel like I would never be able to hold my own with him because he he reminds me of a middle school boy yes. and I'll I'll get into that I'll, I'll I'll delve in there um put a pin in it yeah middle school boys know how to pinpoint like the thing that you hate about yourself like John Mulaney says um and oh, good point yeah and I feel like Sean Parker would find the one thing that I'm sensitive about. It's not my, it's not my hips like John Mulaney, but, um, 
uh, he would find the thing that I'm sensitive about and he would use it against me. And I know that's not super rational, but I get that vibe from him. And I don't know if it's because he's played by Justin Timberlake, who I also am not a fan of. Another hot take. Um, I, I know. Sorry. <laughs> did he bring sexy um, back, though? Um, did did up, John Parker bring sexy back? That's up to interpretation. <laughs> okay. Um, I would have to say if I'm casting the who brought sexy to the social network, it's absolutely Andrew Garfield. Um, oh, see, I would say Army, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, see, he's too conventionally attractive. I'm like, I don't trust That's you. True. That's true. I feel like I feel like Andrew Garfield would be nice to me. I, I think I think he might like. It, I I would trust him if I was sitting like in a coffee shop and I needed to go up and go somewhere. He would watch my bags. And Eduardo is Sean so Parker suave would not. too. Yeah, he's so smooth. He is very smooth. Um, Talking about Sean Parker, it reminds me, funny enough, from another Sorkin movie, it reminds me of a line um, from Steve Jobs when, uh, who does Seth Rogen play? Steve Um, Wozniak. Wozniak. When Wozniak is confronting Jobs and he's like, you're not not an engineer, you're not a programmer, you don't code, you do nothing. Why, you know, why are you the face of Apple? I mean, I'm paraphrasing. Um, and of course the famous line in the trailer is clay. We need uh, the exact quote. I, too bad. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm the conductor and everyone else is the orchestra or something like that. And I kind of found Sean to be thinking about that line. He's not a pro like, I think Eduardo says at one point, he doesn't code. He's not a programmer. He's not, he doesn't really know much about tech. He just yeah, knows about idea. branding. Yeah. He, yeah. He's a composer. He just be able, he uses everyone in a, in a sense. Um, and he's, he manages everyone. And I think kind of well, like the way he uh, treats all the coders, like go back to work, go back to work and keeps everyone kind of happy. He knows how to read people. That's the thing. Like, uh, like you said, Gabby, about how he's able to pinpoint all the weaknesses and strength in a person. He knows that. And that's what he uses. That's why he's, I guess he's not that successful, but that's why he's somewhat successful in the sense of how he reads people and how he can be able to use that to his advantage. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I can't disagree with all of that. <laughs> I, I, but I just, it's not Sean Parker, the character, of course. Um, in fact, that's, that. like I was saying, that's he's kind of what completes Mark's arc. Um, he kind of teaches him something about betrayal and loyalty. Um, but I just find Timberlake endless, endlessly fascinating, uh, just as a screen presence. Um, and he just he kind of comes off as someone who's um, giving this his first shot. I can't recall if, or at least first legitimate shot. This is the first time working with like an auteur. Um, so it's like he, he's making um, acting choices because maybe he's trying to impress Fincher or he's trying to make the Sorkin dialogue feel natural. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and I let in that in a good way. And I and I kind of like that it's a very messy and he's just it's very raw performance, but yeah, it's not a raw absolutely. character, so I don't want to get that mixed up. So yeah, I I I agree. I think it's um, a Timberlake, considering he's like you know not an actor by trade. I think did a did a very solid job. And I won't lie, one of my favorite scenes in the movie is the. Um, the scene where they're all at, at dinner, um, and when drop the thumb, Car- it's clean. 
Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a classic and echoed. I, it's echoed in, um, the Gilmore Girls revival, which is written by another, <laughs> Aaron Sorkin. Uh, yeah, yeah, another Aaron Sorkin-esque sort of dialogue, Amy Sherman Palladino, mm. who I love as a writer. Um, I don't love for her, many of her choices anyway. Um, but anyway, I love, I love the scene, uh, when it's before the drop the, the, it's when everything is like, it's when Carbon Prevails plays from the soundtrack. Um, and it's, so they're all drinking and they just, they keep getting food and Sean is just absolutely captivating Mark. And you can see Mark is showing more emotion on his face than we have ever seen so far. Um, and, that scene ends and it goes straight to the deposition room and Eduardo says, you know, I was your only friend and Mark's face is stone cold. And I'm like, yes, that's so good. I, I, I love movies. He was his only friend. <laughs> he was, you're right. Um, but I, I think the fact that Sean was the catalyst for all of this, for making Mark, uh, you know, emote out loud is is great and a very interesting choice i just i love this movie so much i um i think it's i don't know i think that the cut can also be the edit where he's like i'm gonna put you on yeah where he's like i'm gonna make you a billion dollars it's it can be kind of seen as effective or corny depending on how many times that you've seen this um Mm -hmm. um where it's like whoa he's gonna make him a billion dollars this thing's only taking off so far but I, th- I also like watching this just, I think Gabby and I have watched this a stupid amount of times. <laughs> so when he's in like the club scene where he's like, I'm going to put you on two con- continents where it's like, yeah. all right, well, that's just another bombshell <laughs> where, it's, mm-hmm. where it's like the revelations become less revelatory. Um, and um, the ideas just become like, oh, right. Of course, because we already know the story. So I don't, I don't know if that makes sense. But yeah, um, but yeah, and in that that dinner scene, it's it's just it's great because um, you really feel like you're being as persuaded as as Mark is, and um, how persistent Sean is, just being a fan, and mm. just I don't have a dog in the fight. I, I'm just a fan who came to say hello, <laughs> and it's <sighs> like of course he is, but um, but you know that he has ulterior motives by the end end of the scene, and. Um, yeah, it's great. Say what you will about Timberlake. He carries an incredible amount of swagger. Oh, and the yeah. way he walks and like his overall personality. You're like, this dude is so confident he could like he could throw a random uh cup and he knows it'll it'll uh land on whatever whatever. Well, what I'm is saying. he? He's twenty five minutes late. Yeah. Oh and, yeah. God, so good. So good. He's, and he does so much. So we got to yeah. talk about good old Finchie. Yeah. We got we to gotta talk about Mr. Fincher. David. Um, yeah, good old uh, David. Uh, yeah. So, it, it, weird side note. Is there any handheld shots in this movie? Are there any handheld camera shots in this movie? I think it's, like, all still. No, I wouldn't be – I wouldn't guess so. I mean, he rarely uses handheld. Yeah. I can only think of – one scene in seven or like a shot in girl with the dragon tattoo but yeah i i did uh jeff cronenworth's uh cinematography is pretty 
uh, it's pretty like locked down. Yeah. Stellar. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's gorgeous. This is so, Gabby. I, what do you think about Fincher? I love Fincher. I love him. He's um, yeah. He's easily. Was this your my... first uh, Fincher film that you saw? No, I had seen Seven before um, many years ago. Um, probably like a little too young. I didn't appreciate it, um, and it scared the shit out of me. Um, it's fucked up. Yeah, it's mad fucked up. Um, <laughs> today, yeah. Yeah, but I love Fincher. I think uh, The Social Network is my favorite of his films with um, Zodiac being a close second. Um, And I think Gone Girl might be might be tied because I we have the same top three. Yeah, we have the same. Yeah. 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 No, I think I think he's great. I thought, Jack, I thought Zodiac was your favorite. Well, I mean, honestly, I flipped them on the day, but (laughs) you could ask me tomorrow and I'll be like, yeah, Zodiac. And then. You ask me the next day, and then I'll be like, "Oh, girl, the dragon tattoo." But and then a lot, and then like Gone Girl could be as like he's just on a stellar run right now. Yeah, especially um, yeah, just this decade alone. So wait, have you seen Mindhunter, Gabby? I haven't. My parents it's, loved it. It's so good. It's yeah, so it's, good. Me and Jack are big fans. It's kind of it's a little shocking that I I haven't seen it. I'm a I'm also a big musical theater fan, so Jonathan Groff is one of my faves. Um, and I haven't seen him in a dramatic role, but honestly, I have a very short attention span, so getting into TV shows is difficult for me unless it's Gilmore Girls. Shameless Gilmore <laughs> Girls plug on Netflix now. Um, <laughs> but no, I I have not to answer your question. Um, my favorite Fincher film, just to be a cliche film bro is fight club i'm sorry it's just i saw at just the right age where i'm like oh movies can be about something and they have tyler durden speaks to me (laughs) no not that i was like oh wait capitalism that's a weird thing isn't it and then it's just it just kind of blew up from there of like just ways to look at the uh world in a different way of like there's these social norms or whatever but you know i'm not i I was not indoctored in you know (laughs) tyler uh, his name was, uh, what was it? I always remember that. His name was Robert Paulson. I always remember that. Um, but so yeah, yeah, I love Fincher. Fincher is great. Uh, I don't necessarily know my second favorite. I could probably pull it up, but I think I haven't really, I haven't seen, I haven't seen Curious Case, um, of Benjamin Button or Girl of the Dragon Tattoo or Alien 3, but everything else I've liked to loved. You mean Alien Cubed? <laughs> God. It, it, so well, how actually weird, how ben, weird that movie. ben button i'm gonna shorten it because <laughs> um, i find button. it funny that, um, that was my first venture interesting and i i was like i would yeah i remember being very bored and i haven't thought about it in a very long time and and i saw the social network the social network shortly after because i had recognized the name mm. And that's sort of like how you get into movies I found where it's like, it's just names that kind of connects everything. So, I mean, that helped. And, and yeah. And I was like, wait, so he did this and then he did that. That doesn't really make sense because it kind of feels like such a disconnect. I mean, they're only two years apart, but they feel like he, he like, I think it was the collaboration with Sorkin, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, My, um, each other. Yeah, for sure. 
my uncle was actually a production designer on the social network. Um, and I, I saw him recently and we were chatting about it and he was like, yeah, I couldn't, I went into production thinking that it was going to be like so incredibly boring. And when I saw the finished product, it was absolutely mind blowing. Um, because Fincher's incredible. Sorkin's incredible. And I really think that if Sorkin had Timberlake's been, incredible. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we all have our opinions. Um, <laughs> Um, but I, I feel like if it had, if it had been anyone other than Sorkin writing the script, it would have just been another boring biopic about a white man. Um, and seriously, your uncle also designed the production for Spike Lee. Yeah, he did. He did Black Klansman. Or not just his his house. I shouldn't make it that broad, but (laughs) like, yeah, his recent output, I should say. Yeah. That's just, yeah. I remember you said that and that's so cool. Yeah, that's like a he's a bad. True, I bet. Yeah, it's really cool. Huh. What and Fincher typically has really good writers behind his stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gone Girl has Gillian Flynn. Um, Andrew Kevin Walker did was it Seven or Fight Club? I forget. Seven. seven. Um, I find that I I find that really interesting. He really knows how to. I can't think of one bad script, even though like movies they don't love, like The Game or Panic Room. I don't think they're bad scripts. Um, I, I, think... should, I I want to give a shout out to the game. I like the game. But... <laughs> I like the game too. I just you know it's I don't not, like the twist, I, I don't... but I like the game. How many I twists? I haven't seen the game, so I can't I can't be the tiebreaker on this one. All right, we're gonna have to um, pause I, this. I mean, I, again, I don't. I like the game. I like the game. I want to be I want to be clear about that. Uh, but I really like, it, it's interesting though because you feel like Michael after Douglas this actually movie... kind of plays a similar kind of abrasive. Um, intellectually capable asshole like Mark Zuckerberg. That's kind of like a Fincher type. I mean, we should. I shouldn't be really surprised at this point, but but Douglas is always kind of likable, <laughs> even if it's like a douche. He's like, yeah, oh, yeah, I, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I suppose so. Um, um, but he really picks. I think he really picks the scripts well. And it's weird though when you watch it and you're like, so Aaron Sorkin's only going to write for Fincher now, right? Because it was just so perfect. Um, but it's only the one film, and I find that – I don't know. I find that interesting why they haven't worked together again. I know well, he was – Fincher was supposed to do Steve Jobs. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I was about to say that. Yeah. Hmm. Which would have been cool. That would have been But cool. I don't know. I like. Cool. I love that movie. Um, so yeah, have you seen Steve Jobs? I haven't. It's another, it's another blot on my uh, my filmography. I need to get better, but I only recently started – watching movies that weren't like the same John Hughes films over and over. You can also roast me for that. <laughs> no, I, I, John Hughes is great. I don't know. Yeah. As long as it's not 16 candles. Yeah, yeah. That's it's a bit, that's a bit problematic. That's the Yikes. least good. Yeah. Um, I think what also differentiates this one from Fincher's other works is incorporating Trent Reznor and Atticus, Atticus Rotch, Ross yes. and, this is like my favorite sport of the decade as cliche as that answer may be. This is perfect. This is like everything that this movie shouldn't have quite honestly, like this should not be this good for a movie about Facebook. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's that, incredible. It <laughs> I mean, is. I think that it's fantastic. Has its, yeah. And it has, it's like competitors for me. Like Johnny Greenwood's work on Phantom Thread is also amazing. And yes. Nicholas Bruchel for, uh, Beale Street also competes mm-hmm. for the best score of the decade, but 
I mean, yeah, this is, I, I listened to this, again, like a stupid amount of times, and um, it, it's, a great score should not just complement the scene, but it could also um, act on its own. At least that's more yeah. of like a modern um, uh, approach to have to uh, music and in, in film. No doubt. I, I absolutely agree. I, I recently looked at like my Spotify stats for the year and In Motion was my top song. And I was like, I have to live with this choice and that's okay. Um, I listen to it a lot when I'm studying and doing homework because it's like very motivating. Um, but there are certain, I mean, there are scenes, I'm thinking about the ending scene uh, right now when when hand covers bruise reprise comes on i'm just like yeah crank that like hand me the ox i will i'll 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 make it i'll make it happen absolutely and and then when baby you're a rich man comes on i mean that's just yeah you cannot get a perfect a more perfect closer yeah. um than that beatles song i think that's it's like oh yeah i love it too and and to go with the ending the um the scene after during the credits the scene after the opening scene when you get those overhead shots of harvard and mark's going back to his dorm and you feel like that first song plays and it's just like kind of somber and it's melancholic and you feel like that you've had your heart broken just as just as much as uh, mark has yeah absolutely that's a beautiful opening sequence i think um gorgeous yeah, I hate the title card. That's my that's my one thing. I I don't like it. I you think don't it's like the very blue and ugly. The white and, it's, and it's like resembling Facebook's actual look. No, I think that is so stupid. Before we know you... that the movie is about Facebook. Like we don't need to use a better font. <laughs> yeah, like I, I uh, yeah, that's the, that's my one my one critique. Mm-hmm. That's fair. <sighs> uh, I I don't know if you guys can tell. I don't know anything about music, so I was just yeah. letting you go off on that. Um, I don't know if no. I do either. I just like the score a lot. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I don't the score is the Nine good. Inch Nails. Um, but I just I find, I, uh, especially with Fincher and what they what they've been able to bring to uh, Girl the Dragon Tattoo and Gone Girl, has been yeah. like exceptional. I mean, they've done they've scored other things like they're scoring Watchmen right now and mm-hmm. the so good television show. Yeah, that's waiting for that to be released on Spotify. And they, <laughs> they scored mid nineties. But yeah, I don't really think they'll never achieve what they're achieving. I don't know about past tense or present tense. I I don't know if they're scoring Mank, but yeah, what they've achieved with Fincher is like just as outstanding. I was Mank next year, by the way. Is Mank next year? I know they're ramping up for production now. Okay, well, I think they've casted some people. Sorry, Gabby. What were you gonna say? I was just going to say, I was recently watching a documentary on Rush, the band Rush, because um, my dad loves Rush, like, an obscene amount. He's very cool. Um, and Bill and Ted, Rush, what more do you need? I know, he's he's the best. Um, and Trent Reznor, like, showed up giving, uh, like, a, a talking head about how much he loved Rush. I was like, the man also has taste. I'm a, I'm a Trent Reznor stan now, mm. I might say. That's just a fun fact. <laughs> um, I, I just want to add one more thing. I think my favorite score of the, score of the decade is Max Richter's uh, Ad Astra. Yeah, that's also uh, exceptional. Yeah, 
I know There's that no might be music. too recent, but Michael that's just Levy that's so good. Also comes to mind. So is there any anything you guys want to bring up uh, about the movie that we haven't covered? Because I'm trying to think. I uh, look through my notes really quick. Ooh. I'm sure I have a I have an entire like dedicated social network tab on my notes app because I write things down when I watch it. <laughs> well, that's just cool. That's just, that's just dope. That's really. Um, yeah, I I think even though I was really infuriated watching it. Um, oh yeah, another thing. The pacing of this movie is incredible. It has a mm. perfect it's the runtime. Quickest two hours. hours of of my life. It is it's yeah. so, so fast, yeah. perfect. If it was a little longer, a little shorter, it I don't. It would not work as well. No, you know, no matter like, it's so it it. I wouldn't cut a scene. I guess that's also a thing. Yeah. Um, I think the humor also works. I think the chicken stuff is funny. <laughs> I, you can I think feed a chicken to another chicken. <laughs> and I, Love how we kind of it was the Winkle, it was the Winkle bosses. Yeah. Oh, you know Uh, what scene is hysterical is when they're coming off of that, um, that that um, speech with Bill Gates. Oh my God! I'm gonna get a Glock and kill you. Um. Oh yeah. When they're coming out of the building and and those guys are like, "Hey, you know, I showed up late. Um, I didn't know who the speaker was." When he said the next Bill Gates standing in this room right now, I could have swore he was looking at you. It was Bill Gates. Oh, <laughs> so good. So and then he's like, he's gonna, Mark Zuckerberg's going to think we got into Harvard on a dimwit scholarship. Like, yeah, that's yeah, great. Yeah, that's great. Uh, and like when, um, when Mark is initially pitching uh, Facebook to Eduardo and they're standing outside uh, the Caribbean night. <laughs> And yeah, he, and he's like, I can't feel my legs. I know I'm excited too, but Wardo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's little that's moments. Okay. Yeah, yeah. There's another thing. That's the that's the second thing that I don't like about this movie. I do not like the CGI, um, like cold breath. And I know that Fincher added it because it was very fucking cold. And he was like, I want to make sure that you could tell. And I was like, but it looks bad, in my opinion. I didn't even notice it. But now I'm like, oh, yeah, that probably was. Yeah, it was a little weird. It was just a little too wonky. I find it interesting that Fincher wouldn't spend too much time on the CGI breath. Yeah. Because not only do you have Army's double, you also have... um, like, I think that Fincher's always been a pioneer when it comes to subtle uh, CG. Like, mm-hmm. there's some locations in San Francisco and Zodiac that weren't actually filmed in San Francisco. And I know there were some shots, like, um, towards the end of Dragon Tattoo of, of like, blood and, and like, fire. that comes to, Like, it's been a minute since I've seen Dragon Tattoo. But, um, but yeah, like... Um, He's just always been subtly uh, innovating um, CG when we don't even notice that it's there. Yeah, and he's such I a did perfectionist this too. Time. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, I was gonna say he's such a perfectionist. He's yeah, insane. for sure. Yeah, um, I would love to talk about um, Christy if we can, um, yeah. and Brenda Song. <laughs> Another Which wild was a, casting decision. Yeah, another choice. Um, did you guys watch uh, The Real Life of Zack and Cody? Yeah, of course I did. Okay, yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, her. <laughs> She's yeah. her. It was extremely jarring to like be like, oh, 
That's London Tipton. <laughs> she has an acting career now? Weird. Yeah, I know. Isn't she dating, like, she's dating someone wonky, like someone very weirdly famous, and I can't remember who it was. I can, I can look it up. Okay, please. It's important. Um, it's anyway, I wanted, I wanted to talk about the scene where she, where Eduardo gets back, um, to New York and oh, yeah. she, she starts the fire. It's <laughs> really funny. Okay. Quick side note. Oh. I love the scene. Um, but do, do we have any guesses who she's dating? Anything at all? I, it's very I know. wild. No, I, it, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm blanking. Army Hammer. No, um, <laughs> Macaulay Culkin. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> what? I mean, he's cleaned up his act, so good yeah, for Yeah, he looks that. good, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, he looks kind of all right right now, but. Still a choice. Yeah, he's been making a comeback. Good for him. Good um, for them. Yeah. But yeah, that scene that, is, that is. That is odd. That scene is exceptional. Just because, I mean, it's it's a little um, in your face on rewatches, but Wardo has to put out uh, the actual fire of um, yeah, uh, uh, Chrissy Lee lighting the um, the scarf on fire, and then yeah. he has to put out the fire that he froze the account to get Mark's attention on the phone. So it it kind of it plays well with the metaphor and the the actual thing and um and yeah and you can kind of tell that <laughs> i love the line where it's like you don't think that the c the cfo of facebook doesn't know is doesn't know how to change his relationship status on facebook and it's like <laughs> i don't think that the silicon valley sluts care what my relationship status is yeah uh, they uh, both they both really know that they're locked in with that scene that's great it's awesome is great at comedy and i'm surprised he hasn't been in one like his reaction of um, under the silver lake no is is that comedic yes gabby you have i think it's very funny but it's dark it's it's very dark humor it gave me some it gave me some bad feelings (laughs) (laughs) yeah not spoil under the silver lake because it's very plot heavy in fact it's too plot heavy yeah incredibly um, so but yeah, Garfield uh, but like is, he's so good in yeah. that scene. Like his reaction, like you're crazy. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. on the phone, he does so many. His timing is great. His reaction shots are great. His physical, like his physical movement. I think he's re- he really should be in a comedy. Like he does have like comedic chops in the Amazing Spider-Man series. Like he yeah. does have probably the best one-liners of any Spider-Man. I like the way he, the quippiness of him, but still. Uh, I really, I think he'd just be great in a comedy. Yeah, I would love to see him was in a Axel, rom-com, in my opinion. Ridge, oh, that'd comedy. be great. Hacksaw Ridge was in a comedy? Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, <laughs> Hacksaw, Ridge, Hacksaw Ridge is, you know, gut, gut-busting comedy. Knee Actually, literally. it was, it was a yeah. knee slapper. Yeah. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> really funny. Um, no, I think, he, I think he would be great. He's got... And he's also he gives very funny interviews as well. Um, in addition to being very thoughtful and insightful, um, I think he's great. He was the he was so I grew up watching the Tobey Maguire Spider Man Spider Man Spiders Man Spider Man <laughs> plural um, whatever English is weird and but uh, Andrew Garfield was like when when the when the Amazing Spider Man came out it was like oh but Spider Man's like 
hot now. Yeah. <laughs> everyone, everyone on the internet was like, oh, I have feelings for Peter Parker now. And I was one of them. Um, so he, he always has a special place in my heart. Yeah, no, I, I think those movies did him dirty. I really do. I think he could have been so much, I don't know. And I, I, I didn't love certain choices, but, uh, but that's, that's another conversation. He's, gr- he's great and should have a bigger career. Hell, we even though, even I mean, like he's, to, uh, either one of them because they both, right? 2012, 2014. Yeah. 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 I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, I do like, I mean, he's been in a Scorsese film, a Fincher film. Um, yeah, that's right. Silence. Yeah. He's really good in silence. Another comedy. Really good. <laughs> yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. 2016 it, it, was full of them with that. Yeah. yeah. Silence was, really, he was really good. And he has to like put up with Adam driver's level. And that, I mean, yeah, no, that's a really good performance. Um, yeah. Very it, not nothing like um, what we see here or under the Silver Lake. If we're using or Spider Man, I mean he he has range and he has like yeah. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he has undiscovered range. Yeah, absolutely. I really would love to see him in a romantic comedy. I think he would be. That's like my favorite genre of all time. Mm. Um, I think he would be fabulous because he's got he's got just the right amount of like self-deprecating charm to really make it to really make it work and he's also hot yeah he's so hot i'll write something for him that's like one of the handsome man put him in a nancy myers yes oh god yes like if we remember recently there was that like recast the holiday if it were (laughs) to be remade now and like who's your uh um cameron diaz jack black jude law and um uh Kate Winslet. Winslet. yeah and um i wouldn't I, I would not argue Andrew Garfield sliding Mm-mm. into law or black's um position and because i think what a gl- <laughs> what a glow up jack Truly. black to Andrew Garfield <laughs> i mean if only hey, 2006 jack black all right <laughs> oh god I saw Jack Black on Hot Ones. Um, it's an old episode, but it's it, him and um, his uh, partner for uh, what? What's his band called? Um, oh, I can't, uh, I can't remember it. Um, but like that's like one of the few times I'm like, oh yeah, Jack Black. I kind of like him. That was like the only time when I'm like, I, he's actually, I'm I'm laughing. Yeah, he makes me laugh in uh, in School of Rock. I think that's a great movie. Oh yeah, he's great. Yeah, he's actually great. Another another classic introduced to me by my dad. Mm. Wow, this yeah. is shout out to shout out to Bill Iori on this episode. <laughs> um, uh, what were you gonna say, Jack? Gosh, I don't know. Um, yeah, I just I just had it. I lost it. I lost it. <laughs> no worries. Uh, so unless there's anything else, should we get into our favorite scenes or like our favorite scene? Like, oh wait, on. that's what I was gonna do. I was gonna. I was gonna make a joke about if Nancy Myers had directed the Social Network. <laughs> Boy, oh. I, I mean, honestly, now that I'm thinking about it, they have similar levels of meticulousness. Um, yeah, like, their reputation. I mean, not. I don't think that Nancy is onto David Fincher's extremes, but she's had this reputation for a while to be just not just being needy and not knowing what pattern goes with what kitchen tile and 
and it's it's like it's this disconnect like when Fincher is doing that it's like no we're making a movie about Facebook and then and then like when Nancy Myers has that uh reputation it it's like okay can you make a decision here like it's it's weird but similar nonetheless I would love I, to see a, a remake of The Social Network directed by Nancy Myers and a remake of The Intern directed by <laughs> David Fincher. Oh, that's so good. Um, how Fincher's gorgeous would those college? How gorgeous would those college dorms look with Nancy Myers? Oh like, my those god, would be the greatest college dorms of all time. That's It'd a lot so of nice. eggshell whites. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. I want Diane Keaton right. as one of the uh, deposition lawyers. <laughs> yeah, that, she could that, rain that in like Helen Hunt great. or something. Yeah, that would be great. She gets some big names, yeah. honestly. If if she were to do this, yeah, I'm in favor. All right, um, let's, let's Gabby, what's your favorite scene? Oh my god, um, that's really hard. I know it is hard. It's a difficult choice for me. I feel like I don't know. Someone say theirs first. I have to think about this. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was thinking I would give the guest pick first. I appreciate it, but Jack, do you have one? Oh my gosh. God, yeah, I'm I'm kind of blanking too, it's and so, I I'm usually so, yeah, they're all so good. I usually have one. No, you know what? I do have one. It's the first time we meet Trump Parker. <laughs> um, and it's not. I'm not trying to come across as. You love Sean Parker. We all know. That there's a snake in here, Amy, scene. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> uh, no, it is It is really well done. Just um, the fact that Div... We haven't really mentioned Max Minghella at all. Oh, yeah. It was really in, in kind of a thankless role, but I think he, he does well with it. Yeah. Um, but he he's like, well, why wouldn't they try to expand to uh, Stanford, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then we just cut to Stanford without any explanation, without any title card. Like um, Sean Parker recently um, founded Napster, like no explanation like that. And um, we just see Justin Timberlake and Dakota Johnson, who we haven't mentioned either. But yeah, yeah, you're right. Great little appearance of another person who has had a fascinating decade. And yeah. And so then we get into this whole kind of exchange and, and he's, and you can, that's where you, and he makes, he makes a great first impression on the audience that he, um, he's a hard work and he like, he's a hard worker and he's persistent and, um, he hasn't had that much, um, luck in finance and business and, the fact that he is just in Timberlake and he's so charming, he kind of coasts on that charisma a little bit. Um, yeah, it's it's just great. I I loved it. Yeah, yeah, I always, that's come, a I, always, I always come back to it. I love I love how that scene kind of establishes because you know he's a ladies man. He always always comes into a scene with a different uh, woman, and um, that could be really like I don't know, like kind of gross. Um, and it kind of is, kind of, I don't know, but it really establishes why that would be. He's so charming, he, you know, listens, and he and he has so much swagger, and so I'm like, ah, I, I see it now, because a lot of times they would just, like, have no explanation of, like, he just gets all the girls because he's hot. That's it. Um, but I think he's actually, like, quite charming um, in that scene, so it kind of helps make sense. Uh, my favorite scene, 
uh, has to be, honestly, the ending with uh, Eduardo confronting um, Mark at uh, What at about the now? Office. Is he wired in? <laughs> yeah, I just... He's saying, lawyer up, asshole. I remember so much. It's so good. I think, like, I'm sorry, but Garfield gets the Oscar for me. That scene yeah. alone is like, give him the Oscar. He's so amazing. The emotion he's portraying is so great. I, I, I find it's also I find that kind of cathartic because I'm like, finally, someone's calling him on his shit and like really confronting him. I would give him the Oscar when he writes the algorithm on the dorm window. <laughs> yeah. Remember the algorithm in Kirkland? Yeah, I do. Oh man. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that that scene is my favorite as well, Clay. I feel like both both Eisenberg and Garfield just are great. And I I I also love how Sean is there too, sort of like inserting himself into the situation. Um, you know, he's gonna, he's gonna escort, um, he's gonna escort Eduardo out, he's calling security, and then there's that great moment as Eduardo is leaving, and he, he looks like he's gonna, like he's gonna clock Sean, um, and Sean just makes this horrific, scared face, and it's Like you said, he's a middle school boy. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I think it's the scene later on in the sorority, when you can kind of see that he's this kind of scared. Yeah. When he's a scared little boy with his inhaler and like, he has a palm full of Coke. And <laughs> this isn't mine. Yeah. <laughs> Don't play he's so there. gross with like yeah. the underage girls. I yeah. was like, Oh really? Fuck this dude. And it's yeah. like, it's, um, a, it's a really ugh. subtle transition that Timberlake does, or it's um, all like the swagger and confidence that he exudes throughout the rest of the movie. It's just kind of abandoned there. I, I yeah. found it very effective, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I love that scene. I think it's I think it's great. I think Andrew Garfield, King of My Heart. So I think good. I think he's wonderful. Mm. Yeah, you better lawyer up, asshole, because I'm not coming back for thirty percent. I'm coming back for everything. And he says everything in like this So well. This whisper. Oh, it's he rules. perfect. It's perfect. He he's rules. the best. Oh my god, I'm all fired up about him. This is an we, Andrew Garfield stan account now. Seriously, me and Gabby should just start a podcast, and be like, you know, Andrew Garfield, he's pretty fucking awesome. <laughs> I think I'm in favor just of it. Go through like like 99 homes and yes, oh. or we just talk about this movie for like 90 episodes. Right. Yeah, just like you remember that scene where he says that line. It's pretty yeah. great. Do like a one heat minute on? Like, did you like cover every minute of the social network? Oh please, that's my dream. That's like my that's my life goal. It's a passion project. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Screw college. This is my this is my uh, my destiny. Oh, one more thing. I love the line when he when he's when he after he uh, uh, made Sean flinch. I like being around you, Sean. You make me feel tougher. Yeah, that's, so that's such a great last line. And then oh. he just walks out, and it's like with the security I mean, guards behind him. Yeah, yeah, he somehow still gets the last word even after that incredible like just explosion i mean who can forget the fuck you flip-flops i sure can't oh yeah and even after his name is taken off the homepage, yeah it's devastating yeah gutting oh i love him so much wow 
so do you guys want to guess, uh, since we're probably going to wrap up soon, do you guys want to guess how much Eduardo Saverin, the real one, is worth right now after all of this and how he's basically excluded out of Facebook? Oh, I wikipedia this, like, after I first watched the movie, but I don't remember. Ten billion. Wow. And he's not even working for Facebook anymore. What is he doing? Does does it say? He's doing some charity stuff. He moved to uh, Singapore because he wanted to avoid paying taxes, even though he denies that. Um, He, I don't know if he's a great dude, but he's great in this movie. Yeah. Does he look like Andrew Garfield at all? Uh, no, no, nowhere, no, no. He is. I mean, he's he's a okay looking dude, but you know, Garfield. Not Andrew Garfield. Yeah, he's. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We can compare. Um. Funny. Yeah, they. I don't really think that they ever tried to do identical hair ups with their real life counterparts, um, and that goes for Eisenberg as well. They just tried to like evoke um, Mark Zuckerberg. He wasn't. He wasn't trying to do any physical transformations. Mm. Like I know that making a documentary, he offered to even like dye his hair red. Yeah, which would look gross. First of all, yeah. and um, I think that'd be like a step too far because Eisenberg mm-hmm. is already portraying neuroses so well that it it becomes like unnecessary. And yeah, he's he's actually the one that got nominated. Yeah, and, which I think was definitely deserved. He, I think he did oh, a great job. Yeah. Um, and I, go ahead. Um, I thought he his. Eisenberg is such a like a neuro- neurotic guy, neurotic. That's not a word. A neurotic guy in real life. Like watching his interviews makes I can't because it just gives me such intense like secondhand anxiety. Um, but he he has spoken a lot about like his struggles with OCD and stuff like that, and it's very interesting to me to watch interviews or even just those the little bits that he was in on the making up documentary and compare Eisenberg to Zuckerberg um because I think one has a moral compass and one definitely doesn't um they are very similar in in that sort of neurotic tendency which I think is interesting I love Eisenberg he's one of he's one of my very favorite actors I think he's I think he's phenomenal I I do too. I think I wish he was given. I wish he wasn't like. I mean, I I don't have anything against Zombieland too. I haven't seen it, but I'm like, why couldn't he do something a little better with his time? I just wish he would get that one role and like work with an auteur or something and just kind of really make his stamp known. Because I feel he's so good, and even if I like him in uh bad uh, in like kind of bad roles like in BVS or whatever, I still. I really do wish he would do something much more interesting and challenging, but you know, he still has time. I, do I don't sp- know if either. Go ahead. I also love um, End of the Tour. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Um, which oh, is, yeah, he's fantastic in that. Another yeah, unconventional fantastic. biopic mm-hmm. about um, writer David Foster Wallace. And, and Jason Siegel is oh, exceptional. Oh I hope that we get to talk about that movie soon, but. Oh my God. Uh, I, I love yeah, that movie. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's incredibly challenging for an actor to play a normal person because mm-hmm. how do you 
where do you draw inspiration from? Do you draw it from yourself? Do you draw it like from people that remind you of that character? And you're talking about end of the tour, end of right? The tour, yeah, yeah. And, okay, uh, for me, I'm like Zuckerberg yeah, ain't right. normal. <laughs> and he's uh, that dude ain't normal. He's unfortunately very real. And, uh, yeah, yeah, and I just think his 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 uh, placement in that role is it's really well cast. Yeah, and to play second fiddle to Siegel, who's uh, just transfixing as dude Foster Wallace, is really yeah. a sight to be seen. Yeah. I, and he's really, I, like, likable in that movie, which is kind of hard for Eisenberg. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does tend to, I don't know, sometimes he can, some some of his performances can rub me the wrong way just because of the character. Like, I don't think it's anything against him because I he is one of my yeah, favorites. Um, and I he's see... He's good at it. He's good at playing unlikable. Absolutely. And I see a weird amount of myself and my own neuroses in Eisenberg as well, which I think is... <laughs> that's certainly a statement and it's certainly something but I think he's great this is I, I like him <laughs> alright thoughts um no, good movie yeah I, I say it I like <laughs> it um, yeah no it's it's exceptional I, I mean I think well yeah this is I guess this entire podcast is about uh, talking about "Quote unquote modern classics." Mm-hmm. I would suppose this would be. This already does feel like a modern classic, just because nine years feels like enough time to to digest. And um, yeah, no, it's just it's great. Fantastic. Yeah. All right, mm-hmm. Gabby, we want you to plug everything you're doing. Please tell everyone where they can find you. All right. You can find me on Twitter at Gabby A. Iori. Um, you can also find my podcast, Breakout, that I host with my friend Ryan Ninesling on Twitter at BreakoutCast. Um, we're on like a little bit of an indefinite hiatus because we're both busy, um, but we're hoping to be back soon. So give us a follow there. What else do I do? Um, I'm also a writer for The Simple Cinephile. And um, I'm going to plug my college newspaper. Um, I'm a writer and reporter for the Daily Tar Heel, UNC Chapel Hill's student-run newspaper publication. And I That's have a, cool. Yeah, it's dope. Yeah. I have an article out weekly. So check that out. Good stuff. Support student journalism. Is it an article about Andrew Garfield? Uh, I <laughs> wish. I wish. Maybe one day. That'd be really fun. <laughs> oh, God. I, I want to read that. Then. That's the whole reason why you picked this. Um, I mean, you, if you want, if, if you want my thoughts on Andrew Garfield, it's all in my diary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm on Twitter at Jack A. Draper, and um, I also contribute to Simple Cinephile. And I think we're 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 on a hiatus over there as as well. But that's like well, a well earned and hiatus. But absolutely, nonetheless, I think that I'm really proud of what we've done over there. Same. Would, you say, would you agree? Yeah. Absolutely. I think it's awesome. Yeah. And um, Gabby, would you like to promote your Letterboxd as well? Oh, yeah. Uh, I think think it's Gabby AI. Nice. I think. I don't know. If you just search my name, it should come up. All right. You guys can follow me at Clayfilm100 basically anywhere, Twitter. Uh, I'm all, um, letterboxed. I'm also on this app called Stardust. It is a 30-second reaction uh, video app where you talk about fa- your favorite films or television, 
and you it's a great community over there you talk about what you love maybe you want to criticize something whatever um it's a awesome community full of really good people and just you know have fun and uh voice yourself all that great stuff uh yeah i i, I good movie uh, i'm really i'm really <laughs> thank you so much for coming on gabby we yeah, really appreciate no, no, it I would love please come again. back soon yeah. i would love to thank you guys so much this was so much fun yeah um, I really appreciate you guys asking me to to come chat about one of my favorite things in the world. But not one of our favorite people, of course. No, absolutely not. <laughs> no, no. Uh, oh, one more thing. Fuck Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, yeah. Get that on record. Um, Mark Zuckerberg can eat shit. <laughs> I, God, I hate him. All right. All right, yeah. All right, Thank Jack, you let's, yeah, take us out, buddy. All right, yeah. Um, stay tuned next week. Or whatever it will be. We'll, we'll decide. Yeah, we'll decide in the meantime. All right. All right. Keep exiting. Mm-hmm.